check, check, check. <clears throat> oh, man. Roughest intro ever. Check, check, check. If you're not hearing the sound of my voice, it means you're now tuned into Chapter 91 of the Introverted Intuition Podcast. My name is Jeff, a.k.a. The Petty Podcaster, a.k.a. The Ambitious Introverts. Oh, I like that. Yes. Uh, thank you. Tonight, I have two amazing women with me. To my left is my co-host, Lainey. Ew. What's up? Hi, I'm here, guys. She's here with banana pudding. Fresh, fresh purchase <laughs> of banana pudding. Banana pudding. Right. You know? <clears throat> and we have a special guest that I already kind of had a mini interview with already. This is part two. Uh, we had a nice hour long conversation about everything, but we're gonna we're gonna get into what we what I didn't ask. Um, a friend's a friend recommended me your work. Sent me over your Instagram page. I'm not gonna put her on blast just because like I don't know I want to do that, but uh, I was very happy with what I saw and I sent the email out and I definitely wanted to speak to you and here we are. So. Wow. Please, uh, please introduce yourself to the people. Um, so what's up, everyone? I am Victoria Levert, a.k.a. Instagram. It's just Vic. Yeah, uh, yeah so um, I'm a writer, uh, model, musician, a little bit of everything, I think. A little too bit of much. everything. Just a little bit too much at times, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah, I, I'm glad you I got like, the actual pronunciation of pr- pronunciation of your last name because mm-hmm. I didn't want to like say it and Levert. say it wrong. Yeah, Levert. Levert. But does that mean anything in particular? Uh, are you a Levert? I am a Levert. <laughs> a Levert. Wait, Levert, Levert. Yeah, like a Levert, Levert. The musicians, the singers. Ah, yeah. she's a Levert, Levert. <laughs> Ew. I don't even know what you're talking about. Is that like really? pa- before my time? Uh, what do you, I'm, I'm so confused. The Levert, Jeff. Levert. The Leverts. You know, like Gerald. Le- like the musicians, Gerald Levert, Eddie Levert. Oh, Sean. oh, okay. I thought it was like a group. <laughs> like I, she's a Levert. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry, Lenny. Damn, you you got mad offended right quick. Because I'm just kind of I'm just like, wait a minute. Like I know there's a little small age gap, but we're not that big in the gap where right. you don't know a Levert. I don't know. I just I had a, a mind fart for a second. I'm sorry. Okay. I apologize. I if I offended any of the Leverts out there, I'm sorry. Nah, the Leverts, we are okay with that. It's okay. Right. It's okay. Now you know. That's pretty dope. Right. So you mentioned uh, when you first walked in that you listened to the show before. Yes. Uh, this, I've listened to Chapter 90, Ooh. which was the last one. Okay. Uh, I believe 86. 86. I don't remember that one. Shout out to whoever was the guest. Yeah. I, it was a girl. <laughs> Shout out to the girl. It was a lady. Was? She was really dope, actually. I believe. Um, 86. I don't know. I'm I'm checking right now. If it is 86, I would think it is. It whatever it was, it was a lady. Liz. 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 I was like, it was a lady. Yeah. Liz, how you doing? I had a feeling it was Liz. (laughs) Yeah. Liz Liz is dope. Yeah. Today's her birthday. Shout out there. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Liz. You were dope. But yeah, I've been listening. I'm glad that you listened, and uh, yeah, thank you for coming. No problem. I'm really excited to be here, Uh, and yeah. Could you give our, our listeners just a brief, I guess, synopsis of who you are and how your career path started? Which started first? Do you do multiple things? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, like I said, I'm Victoria. I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. I'm currently 20 years old. Um, I'm a writer, journalist, model, actor, singer. 
anything in the entertainment industry, you can put me in it and I'm ready to go. Did you do stand up recently? I did do stand up comedy I saw recently. That clip. Wow. <laughs> I, did. I actually was going to get into that a little later because I had some questions about what your topic of discussion. Oh, of course. But, um, of course. Well, of course. That yeah. should be interesting. Right. Uh, but yeah, like I said, anything in, in the entertainment industry, you can just kind of like media and entertainment. That's my. <clears throat> That's my that's my area of expertise. Uh, I first got started in fashion. I think that was my first uh, passion in life. Uh, music came second, but fashion came first. And the reason why is because my mom has always been extremely expressive. Shout out to my mom. She's been extremely expressive with clothing since I can remember. She was a single mom with me at first. Um, struggling in Alabama. My mom, oh my gosh, we went from house to house to house. Seemed like sometimes sleeping in her car, uh, washing up in gas stations and me not eating a lot of times. Mm. But one thing my mom always had was she always looked good. Um, She struggled, but she always looked good. Sometimes that meant clothes being in layaway. Mm. Uh, She's not getting them until three months from the day she picked it out, but she had her stuff together. So my mom is who introduced me to big brands. The first purse I ever got was a Louis Vuitton bag that I still have uh, from my mom. That was like her first big gift to me. I was around four years old and... Just watching my mom, she introduced me to Betsy Johnson, Dior, Dion von Furstenberg, who I love, uh, Christian Seriano, a lot of designers that I've worked with today, actually, as a writer. Mm. My mom is who first introduced me to their work. Mm. Uh, so I've been following clothing since I was a kid. Uh, I got into modeling when um, I was around nine years old. Were you, like, scouted out, like, by a creepy Basic, guy in the mall no, or something? No, no. Same situation, kind of, but not creepy man. Okay, <laughs> not cool. creepy man in the mall. Um, I guess I should talk about my dad really quick. My dad's in the Army. Okay. Well, step stepdad, but I call him my father. He's the only dad I've ever known. Um, he's in the Army, and we were stationed in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I was about nine years old, and... We were, it was my mother and I, we were in, uh, what is the name of this? It was a arts and crafts store. It wasn't Michael's, but it was something else. I can't think of the name of it. But it was whatever the competitor to Michael's is. If y'all go to arts and crafts stores, you know what I'm talking about. But um, I don't know. I don't think y'all have them here in New York anyway. But I don't know. I, mean, I think it's Michael's, even, yeah. I don't think I've ever really been in an arts and crafts store. And that was never my thing. I'm looking at it. The I just I don't know the name of it, but the letters are in orange, kind of like Big Lots, but it's not Big Lots. I can't think of the name of this arts and crafts nope, store. Yep, just Michaels over here. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, is down south. It's the competitor to Michaels. But anyway, my mom, my baby, like infant sister at the time, and myself, we were in the store, and this lady just like stopped my mom and was like. I would like to do a photo shoot with her. Oh, wow. <laughs> and my mom was like, what? Yeah, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> and, and she was like, no, she's beautiful. I just want to do a photo shoot with her. So um, that was my first photo shoot. It turned into, after I did that shoot at 9, John Casablanca Agency harassed my mother. I don't know how they got her information. My mom was like, getting phone calls left and right from this agency like can we just please like see her we just want her to come in and at the time I did not want to model 
it was very funny. My mom gave me the choice when I was nine years old. She said, do you want to model like full time or what do you want to do? And I remember telling my mom, I said, I don't want to be a model. I just want to go to school. Literally, (laughs) that was me at nine years old. I don't want to be a model. I just want to go to school. And it's so funny because right now, now you want to be a model. Yeah. Now I like I am a model. Oh, yeah. It's like one of my biggest streams of income. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny how time works out. But yeah, fashion was definitely uh, my first love. And even on my journey coming to New York City as a writer, fresh out of high school, majoring in English in college, I knew that I wanted to do fashion journalism at first, and that was my first job was as a fashion journalist at Brick and Portal. Uh, That was my very first job, and, you know, just I love clothes still to this day. I I love fashion. I'm still in the fashion industry. It's That was my first love, and, um, yeah, that's where I got started. Then uh, I transitioned into music again early on. As you stated, I'm a Levert. So musicians are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, literally, it's, it's in my blood. My mother, even, she was struggling in Alabama, but she was a gospel artist. So when I was a kid, my mom's a single mom. I'm, I remember we didn't really have any place to stay, but we were in the studio. And I'm like four, five, six, seven years old in the studio with my mom as my mom's going over track after track after track after track. Mm. We're in there till like 3 a.m. We're getting in the car. Little, little did these people know, the producers, they're not even knowing we're getting in the car. My mom's got black trash bags in the back of the seat with our clothes, <laughs> and we're sleeping in the car until the wow. next day. But she grind, and she was doing shows and going on tour and just working and working and working and working towards her goal. My grandfather is a musician. You know, um, music is just something that was always oh, big yeah. in my family. And uh, there's no boundaries to this day. There's no boundaries when it comes to music. All forms of music are welcomed. Yeah. Uh, and so as a little girl, I always would sing, but I never had confidence in it. So one day, I grew up in church as well. Mm. Southern girl, southern church girl. Um, I'm in the church. Everyone's cleared out of the sanctuary. My little self is thinking I'm in there by myself. (laughs) I'm at the piano, and I'm just, I don't even remember what I was singing. I think I was singing Glory to Glory, um, but I was singing some song. And my uncle, no, I'm lying, my cousin, who I call my uncle. Everyone calls him uncle. (laughs) Um, You know how black people do. It's just like, this is not your uncle. Call my uncle my brother. That's just happens. Yeah, Yeah, it's just how it happens. That's family, you know? Uh, That's what we do. Yeah, that's how we do, and I love that. But um, he ended up barging in on me, and he goes, Patiana, because Victoria is my middle name. So back in Alabama, people don't call me Victoria. They call me Patiana. Yeah. Um, he comes, he's like, Patiana, was that you? And I was like, I'm like scared because you're not supposed to be in the sanctuary, number one. Um, and I'm like, uh, yeah. And he gets my mom and he grabs my mom. He's like, she can sing. And my mom was like, nah. She can sing. <laughs> nah. I never heard yeah. of Yeah, like, nah. And he was like, no, she can really sing. And my mom was like, yeah, right, okay, okay, let's, whatever. Let's hear it. Yeah, whatever, yeah. right? And I just, I I always have been, like, scared to sing for my mom because my mom's so good. Yeah. I've always been scared. But I grew up, uh, I ended up picking up a guitar. 
That was my first instrument. Uh, I just asked my mom for a guitar because my birthday is December 23rd. So I'm like a Christmas baby. So mm. it's like you get one gift. What's your one gift going to be? Right. <laughs> uh, what's your one gift going to be? And I was like eight. I was like, I want a guitar. So my mom got me a guitar. And I had no formal training. I just knew that my granddad played guitar, and I would always watch my granddad play guitar, and I just picked it up, and I just started playing with it, and I was good just from the start. Mm. And uh, it went from me playing guitar to me playing the violin, uh, another instrument I never had formal training with until I got to like high school because... I picked it up in the eighth grade, which is really late to start playing the violin. Yeah. But when the teacher asked me, she was like, what instrument do you play? I just went in. I was like, the violin? And I just sat in the back of the class and just watched the kids and just faked like I could read the music, and I couldn't. But I could hear. Like, I could hear the pitches on the instrument and yeah. hear what they were playing and just finger it out from there. Hmm. But I didn't really start, like, reading the music, music. Yeah. until I got to high school. Did fairly well, had multiple violent like music scholarships for college. Uh, and now I record music, which is funny as a singer. Like now I'm recording, I have an album coming out hopefully within the next two months. Wow. Are you signed anywhere? I'm not signed. So it's it's everything's like, independent? It's all independent, yeah. But it's coming out, so. Are you following your mother's footsteps? Are you going gospel or are you more of the R&B? Oh, no, I'm R&B. I'm R&B. I'm not gospel. Um, Neo soul, more yeah, exactly more like neo soul. That's kind of what made my mom unique with her music, mm. uh, and she kind of faced a little bit of backlash and controversy uh, in the gospel music industry because my mom she has a very neo soul sound. Mm. She's not your typical. My mom's never been like that where you're listening to choirs and all this. No, my mom she wanted people to dance. Like that's my mom to this day. She whenever she makes music, she wants you to dance. Right. Like she wants you to feel it. So, um and my mom's voice is so unique. Is one of the most beautiful voices you can ever hear. Like if you can imagine Erica Badu and Jill Scott's voices combining, you have my mother's voice. Mm. Mm. I would love to hear that. Yeah. 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 I should, I'll bring her over here so one day so y'all can. Do you want to do a song with your mom one day? Like, or like maybe an album? She actually wants me to. She, it's funny you said that. She's been on my butt for the past like week. She wrote a song um, because she just found out that I could really sing. I played her like my first track and shockingly she loved it. And I was really surprised. Oh, but, wait, from nine till now, she hasn't heard you sing? No, I never, like, would sing for my mom. She heard me sing around the house, but not, like, seriously. Yeah. You know, like, just me joking around. Like, I never would gloat about singing, like, ever. Was that out of fear, like, of, like, her judgment or, like, yeah. maybe not meeting up to her, her expectations? Yeah, not meeting up to her expectations. I think that was the thing. I, My mom is very much, like, if you're going to do something, you better be good at it. Yeah. And that's always, and my mom's still like that. Like, if you're going to do it, you better be good. And so when it came to singing, you have to think all of my uncles can sing, my mom can sing, my grandma can sing, my granddad can sing, everybody, everybody can, can sing. sing. Right. Yes. So like I was like, uh, my mom wanted me to be a schoolgirl, so I'm gonna just be a schoolgirl and a model. Just let the music thing go for a while. Yeah. Um, but shockingly, I played her my first track, and I think my voice resembles hers a lot. So she kind of was like, she was like, I really like it. <laughs> so she was like, Vicky, I wrote this song for you. 
And I want you to, like, get on it and go to the studio. And I, like, kind of pushed it off because I've been busy, <laughs> not because I'm intentionally blowing it off. But I'm but just, I'm like, just busy, busy, Mom. Mom. But she's been staying on me. So I've been telling her, I was like, okay, the next time you're in New York, I'm going to take you to the studio and we'll push it out. So there most likely will be a song with me and my mom. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So what do you like to do the most? Do you like to model more or do you like to sing more? Like, when it comes to your creativity, like, what gives you the most freedom and the most, like, happy thoughts? The most freedom and the most happy thoughts? That is so interesting. For me, it's writing. Writing. Hmm. It's writing. Like, even with my music and singing, I write all my songs. Oh, okay, cool. So, for me, even as a kid, writing has always been my outlet. And it's what I've made, like, my professional career out of uh, as a journalist. It's where I can be my most expressive, I feel like, and not receive so much judgment. Hmm. Uh, because when you're a model, I'm not going to ever, like, crap on modeling, right? But, like... It's not something that brings me very much joy. Why is that? Because I can't really be expressive of myself when I'm in front of the camera or when I'm on a catwalk. Yeah. You, you have to be structured as a model. I'm not your typical model. I am not a size zero. Yeah. I am, yes, I'm tall, so I can't even say that, but I'm not your stereotypical black model, one. With black models, they want you to be either... A dark-skinned girl, because they're beautiful mm-hmm. all the way around, or they want you to be, like, really, really light. I'm not that. I'm just, like, a, I'm just a black girl. Um, <laughs> just the, I'm just a black, uh, just a normal girl, right? So, for me, I definitely face issues, and they, they try to structure you, because when you're doing photo shoots, the photographer already has something in mind that they want you to be. Yeah. So, you're expected to be that. Uh, when you're walking a catwalk, you know what you're supposed to do. It's very structured. So it modeling doesn't allow me very much creative expression. That's very interesting because on the outside looking in, I feel like the best part can come from you being yourself and organic right. through a shoot, right? Right. I mean, you can't get to choose what you wear, but how you, you know, feel and pose during the yeah, shoot. Yeah, like, true. You get a little bit of uh, freedom, a little bit there, but still, even then, like I said, because a photographer usually has something in mind, I don't know, when it comes to fashion and yeah. modeling, they usually already have something particular in mind, or they have another model that they're already wanting you to look like or be like to to uh, use as a, as a, as a guide, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to, even if I like try, like I love to use my hands when I model. This okay. is a true thing. I love putting my hands around me somewhere. If I try that, it's very common for a photographer to come and move me and say, I want you to do this. You're trying to do something with your face, and they'll say, no, look this way. Mm. I would hate that. I can never be a model. I mean, I, I don't have the qualifications at all, but <laughs> I, that would that sounds annoying. Like, it's It can be frustrating, but also, you know, it's also an industry and a field that I've done well in, so I have to be thankful for it. Right. But when it comes to creative, being creative with it, there's not very much room for models to be creative. Mm. Uh, if you're being creative as a model, especially not starting out, like I'm no Naomi Campbell or Tyra Banks, right? Now, when you're on their level, the photographers fear you at that point. Yeah. Right? When you're just like a normal model in New York, you're just a normal girl. They're like, listen, if you don't do what I tell you, we can have a replacement like this. Mm. So there's not, and a lot of models feel this way. 
uh, seriously, a lot feel this way. You can't, you can't really be yourself. I don't think modeling is an industry for you to be yourself in. Right. To be quite honest, more like a clone, carbon copy. Yeah, it's models are more like. Uh, I mean, truly, truly, when you look at a lot of them, uh, me same being, structure, walk, same same structure, walk, the same size. They usually have the same look, the same face. Same They're gonna poses. cut their hair. Yeah. You yeah. know, all the black girls now they want you to shave your hair off. I want the hair gone. Well, that's right. kind of changed a bit, right? I mean, it's just like plus size models well, are like, accepted um, now. Who's that girl? Yeah. Tyra Banks always did that on her show. Like every time she like, there was always the one bald, right. like the one girl she was shaved bald. Yeah, everyone has you have. They want someone to you got to cut the hair because we want to show off your face or you know like you said there are changes. A lot of changes are being made in the modeling industry, but there's still a structure to them. Like it's still like a like you can only go so far because I mean if we're looking at now versus the '90s, right? Mm-hmm. In the 90s, we had what black models? We knew we had Naomi and we had Tyra. That's all I know, yeah. Right? That's really all everyone, anyone knew. Yeah. Well, I used to watch America's Next Top Model. Then I saw, like, you know, Eva Marcel and, like, yeah, Takara. Yeah, this is all a new change. They were dope. Yeah, right? This is but all a new Takara change. I think Takara still even does uh, modeling work. Yeah, Takara does. She doesn't get her, her, her flowers and, like, I guess, I don't think she started plus like modeling, obviously, but, like, I feel like she kind of made it more popular. I do feel that way. I understand what you're saying. I yeah. do feel like Takara has made plus size modeling more um, mainstream in a sense. It, it, she she reminded us of plus size modeling. Right. Right. That it does exist. Right. It yeah. does. So. Yeah. There and like I said, you can see even a rise in that. Like plus size models are definitely becoming more um, accepted. I have a friend, Sophie Turner. She's one of the biggest plus size models on the scene right now. And uh, that name sounds so familiar. Yeah, she, think, yeah if you saw her, you'd, you'd know who she yeah. is. She's white, white girl, blonde hair. Yeah, white yeah. girl, blonde hair. That's her. Cool. Um, this is one of my best friends. Like, you know how I told you before, I have five people on one hand. She's yes. one of them. Um, I actually think I reached out to her for an interview. I didn't get a response, but. She's pretty dope. I'm she's sure. pretty dope. After she sees this, Sophie, please answer to the email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny, though. Like, uh, my only experience with modeling is I've seen is, like, through America's Next Top Model. And, like, I know it was, like, kind of glimmed up for the television, like, the, the trials that they go through and the stress they go mm-hmm. through. But is that kind of a reflection of real life? Is it kind of stressful at times in terms oh, of what you have to go goodness. through? goodness. Of course. And what's, like, the most stressful part, do you think, for you personally? For me personally, it's always the weight. Hmm. Um, always. And for most models, especially here in New York, I think we would all say it's our weight. Um, even if you're really, really thin, um, geez, like I'm going to tell you, I'm signed to HN Models NYC right now. And, uh, here's our measurements. So your waist, you should not have a waist that's bigger than a 26. Your dress size should be no higher than a size four. For females, you have to be 5'9 and up. And that's, if you're 5'9, you're short. Mm. Your shoe size should not be over a 9. Mine is an 11. When I go on the catwalk, I have to squeeze my feet into shoes because I have big feet. I'm going to just be honest. It's, it, they that huge. is crazy. That is dumb. Like, okay. <laughs> Why does your shoe have to be? Your, your feet I thought they size. would at least say a ten, a nine though. Yeah, nine. For but no one's analyzing your feet like when on the catwalk. Like, there's focusing on your look, your your posture. Yeah, but you don't. That see, that's the part that you guys don't see. Um, is when let's say there's a show, it's Fashion Week, and and you've booked 
five, six shows, right? Yeah. You're doing good. You're backstage. You're getting fitted. Usually they're going to have sample sizes zero to two. They may have a couple of fours. The shoes, because designers don't make very big sizes in shoes, if you notice, like for girls, for women, you can go to any designer. You will very rarely find anything over a ten and a half. Yeah, if you find that's that, if true. you find that, okay. If you find that, so for the models, you're getting whatever they give you, and you can't say my shoot my feet don't fit. You better make your feet fit, and when you get out on the catwalk, you better walk like nothing's wrong. Seriously. Okay, so then what if that causes like uh, you're walking, you know, you clip and, and they you fall. fall, like you, you twist Oops. your ankle. That's Oops. a liability at that point. Like, can you like sue them? No. You could be like, yo, you made me do this. Like, no. why'd you make me do this? You signed up for this. That's what contracts are for. Oh, man. That's rough. I would never. <laughs> you will never see me try to force my foot into a high heel. I can't, I can't do it. I'm a size <laughs> 10. I refuse. Okay. I cannot put my foot in anything else but a 10. But they don't go as far as to, like, put you on a scale and have you at a certain weight. Wait, do they? Oh, of course. So I can see why Coke is, like, the number one drug in the model industry. Exactly. I was just about to get into that. You do I, coke? Heck no. Oh. Not I, said the wolf. Oh, I was about to, I was about to like. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, not me, but I know a lot that do. I've seen it. Uh, if you go to these castings, right? Yeah. You go into the, you open the girl, the women's restroom. You, It's so common to see, look at the stalls. These girls are on their knees, forcing themselves to vomit. Wow. Because you want your ribs to poke out. You want your ribs to show when you're trying to get cast. You want them to see that you're as thin as possible. So how do we do that? We make ourselves gurgitate. They stuff cotton balls in their throats. I'm being serious. They'll push a cotton ball back because it makes you vomit. A lot of them will snort cocaine really quick, Mm. just like really quick shots. Because if you snort cocaine, if you have dark circles under your eyes, you can just pump up, boom. Like nothing happened to you. Now it'll it like you might have just puked your eyes out, your brains out. Yeah. You take a whiff of the coke, boom! It's like nothing happened to you. And you get out, you walk, and you go home. It's absolutely insane. That should not be in the contract. Not uh, coke isn't in the contract, but like (laughs) yeah, it's it's not to be have those strict restrictions to to do your job. Like that doesn't seem ethical at all. But that's that's what you sign up it's for. It's a lifestyle. But like, I don't think I don't I don't think plus size models. I can't speak for them, but I don't think they have to go through those same they do. tribulations. Well, so I feel and, like, like they do. Like cause you, they do. I feel like a plus size model has more to lose because because she's already a plus size model. What's to say is nothing to make her go over the tipping scale. The plus size model, from my perception, seems more progressive. Like they're embracing natural weight and embracing natural yeah, beauty. Yeah, but they're like, really not. That's the only thing. So just like I said, I have measurements, and normal models, we have measurements. So do plus-size models. Yeah. They can't go over a certain size, whatever their agency says, and they can't go beneath it. Plus-size models also, they can't really be as natural as we think they are. Here's why. If we just let them come out with the way that their weight lays on their body, yeah. most people would perceive it as unappealing. So they have to be very toned. Plus-size models work out harder than normal models. This is a true statement. They have to work harder. Why is that also? Plus-size models are limited because when Fashion Week comes around, 
I can not better everybody bet you, wants to cast a plus size right, model. I can better bet you we're not going to see um, someone who's a size 14 walking for Versace. Unless they have a big name like Ashley Graham or something like that. We won't like even that. see her. Mm. Well, it is Versace. I'm just saying. What does it, that even mean? Like, even that well, state, people certain, really say that. Because like. certain fashion power, certain fashion brands, fashion houses, they do come with a certain look, and that was that has been their look since the beginning of time. I feel like Versace's one of those looks. Like, it, it comes with a certain look. Not for us though. Like, I don't see not for, people uh, looking I, like me. Like, not for Versace, me. Like, no, no. Besides not the egos, because I don't spend my money on none of these goddamn yeah. things. Okay, <laughs> let's be clear about that. But. When you are a fan of certain things, you do watch and you do see and you do take notice that there is a certain look for certain powerhouses, like certain fashion houses. That's depression. That's depressing because it seems like they're just training people. I don't feel like it's depressing. I feel like it is what it is. Yeah. No, (laughs) it shouldn't be, though. It seems like they're training them to think like if you don't have these certain measurements, that you're not beautiful. That you're not good enough. That's what it seems like. No, beauty starts from within and from with. How you were raised in your household, like beauty starts from when you're first born and who you were born into and who's 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 holding you, who's creating you, all that bullshit right there. That's what that starts from. But when it comes to fashion, it's a little different. Shouldn't it all be the same though? Like shouldn't these same lessons that were taught growing up transfer? Like shouldn't these agency owners think the same way? No. Yeah. I mean, I. Honestly, I, hear what you're I, saying, yeah, I know like, where you're coming they're from. They're like creating the definition of beauty for themselves. They're not creating, but they're creating the definite, definition, definition of beauty for whoever is shallow enough to buy into exactly. that bullshit. That's what I'm saying. That's not right. But, but that's marketing is money. Yeah. No matter what you, you do out here, it's about money. Like Whether it be a CBD company advertising to people with mental health issues. Don't get me started. But I'm tra- you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like Everybody plays the game. Right. So we can't get mad at fashion houses. Like, that's what they're supposed to do. Right. It's, it's a business. Fashion. It's a business. It's a part of the business. Unfortunately, like I said, I get where you're coming from because I do understand what you're saying. Like, you telling models that you have to be this weight, yeah. you have to look this way, you're defining what beauty should be to them. Yeah. Because obviously, if you're not going to hire them, if they don't look this way, obviously you must not think that they're beautiful. Yeah. And... If I'm being honest with you, in a lot of scenarios, with a lot of casting directors, they might tell you that you're not beautiful if you don't meet those requirements. I have been told that to my face numerous times. Um, How did that affect you? You know, it didn't affect me because, like, like you said, I was raised a certain way and... I'm an, I have enough confidence in myself to know that I'm beautiful and that these people don't define it. Do you feel a little butt hurt? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Someone yeah. just told you that basically you're not good enough. Yeah. But also when you believe in yourself and you, you say to yourself, you know what, I'm not going to let what these people say about me stop me from going to more castings or from doing more gigs or stop me from modeling in general because I know that I look good. Mm-hmm. That's when you start to feel powerful because you're telling them off in your own way. And then when you see them again after booking another gig, then that's when you have the final laugh. But I don't think that requiring 
models to be a, to look a certain way. I don't think that that's I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing either. Hmm. And the reason why I say that is because when you're becoming a model, you know what you're signing up for. Right. If you don't like the way that things are structured, then maybe that's not the field for you or maybe you need to create an agency of your own. That's what I would do. That's what I would do too. But I how? think about doing it a lot. Even when I take pictures for myself, I require myself to look a certain way. Right. Yeah. I require myself to be a certain weight, a certain height, like for that particular shoot, for that. Like, I require my hair a certain way, my makeup a certain way. Like, it's a requirement. And I'm the only one shooting me. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a requirement. I think I'm too emotional when it comes to like this business stuff because like the way these companies like require the things that they require just seems so ridiculous to me. Like I just think that when you have a um when you have a vision and you want to and you just want it to be executed the way you want it to be executed and that's just that. It's but this just, just doesn't even sound like it's not like more than a vision. It just seems like just. But they do sense, have a like, vision, though. Like these 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 yeah. fashion designers have a vision. Like this is what they see, and they they crazy. create these clothes for a certain type of person too. Never get it twisted. Half these big these big designers, high end designers, it's not for us. That's what I'm saying. And with that being said, why even buy into it? See, I don't buy into that. When I see these big powerhouse designers and stuff like that, I don't buy into all these fashions because it's just like at the end of the day, when you have style, when you have real style, mm-hmm. no matter what you wear, will always look good on yeah, you. Yeah, you can rock anything. Facts. You can rock anything. So it doesn't. It, it's never about the label. If the label defines you, then it's just like you knew money, or you're to me, you're somebody who's never had nothing before in your life, and now that you're able to get something, you just want to keep showing me what you're able to afford. I agree. And it's just like, oh, okay, cool. Look at you. Yeah. I agree. So mm-hmm. style and style, style and fashion. It's like it's two different things. Either you have it or you don't. Yeah. And then you have people who just buy into it. So I get, you're like, I can become, it's too late for me. I can't become a model. You kind of have to just be born with it. No, like you can become a model, Jeff. You yeah, got you it. you can become a model. You like, can't you, become a model. You can become yes, a model. Because it's also, like, models about a look. Like, you don't have to yeah, be pretty look. to be a model. Like, you, you see some models, you'd be like, oh, you a model, girl? Like, hey. You want to get the cover of People magazine, But they have you great have bone structure. They have, like, you have to have a little, no matter what you do in life, you have to have a look. But like she was saying, like, you're kind of as in terms of like the black girls who model like darker skin is more trendy, right? Yeah, trendy so at like, the moment. Yeah. I can't change my skin any darker. I like how she says keyword at the moment. At the because moment, everything yeah. is with the moment with people. That's what I'm saying because we don't run fashion. Yeah, it always changes as well. There's never any consistency in fashion. Who's bigger than Tyra? I can't name like a popular white model or other. Model. What? Who's bigger than Tyra? I don't know. I, I'm uninformed. Tyra, 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 Tyra to me, to me, Tyra, Tyra wasn't and, even like the best model. When you think about, I always would put Naomi over Tyra. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say yeah, yeah. Yeah. them too though. Like, to they're, me, they're Tyra like the was more commercial for me. To me, Tyra is more commercial modeling, and then it's Naomi. Right. If you're gonna think, black yeah, modeling. Tyra is more like from what I get told. When you look at me as a model, I'm more of a Tyra. Mm-hmm. You can see me on a print. You resemble her a little bit too, by the way. Thank you. I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see it. Um, okay. 
<laughs> I'm just not a real Tyra fan. See, Obviously, most people I've, aren't exactly. Yeah, I've seen Tyra like many times ever. in person. That's not. That, that, <laughs> that, 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 I guess sometimes <laughs> I don't like nobody. Yeah. But Tyra's one of those people. Who just I've seen her too many times in person to really not to form an opinion and not like her. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, nah, you're not. You, you okay? <sighs> like when she's she, like she's still lying about the whole. But you had a whole surrogate. Like own up to that. She's about oh, I had gave natural childbirth. Bitch, no, you didn't. Fam, I don't even know what you're saying. You're ruining all okay. possible connections with Tyra. I'm, I'm sorry. That we could possibly ahead. have. We ain't got no connections. I mean, with I don't know you about. Know. I don't know anything like that uh, about her. From what I know of her, she's very cool. But yeah, yeah but like when we're looking at models, you have like hot couture models. Mm-hmm. That is Naomi Campbell. Mm-hmm. Hot couture. Naomi's gonna book a Versace in the blink of an eye. Naomi still books Versace. I believe it. Naomi will walk across the stage. Naomi's timeless. Yeah, Naomi's timeless. Tyra is like a me. You're going to see her on Vic- in Victoria's Secret. You're going to see her on Sports Illustrated, like she just did a Sports Illustrated cover, and you may see her in a few magazines. You know what? I but hate she's that you no- even compare yourself to Tyra. It's like you're diminishing yourself in a sense. Like, never compare <laughs> yourself. And I, and I know. I never compare you yourself to a, anyone. You, you know, you, you have such a high regard to Tyra, but it's just like, do not compare yourself to Tyra. Like, Please don't, because I've, I've looked at your page, <laughs> and you do a whole lot more than just, like, you're not Tyra, so don't ever, yeah, she's great to look at, like, if you want to say comparison, like, I have nice cheeks, maybe, <laughs> they got the same cheeks, cool, right. but that's about it, we're not going to compare ourselves right. to Tyra, right. and no disrespect to Tyra, it's not, I don't have you already, a hate, I don't have a hate, you disrespect I don't have, fuck, I don't have a hate for Tyra, all I'm saying is, don't compare yourself to Tyra. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I I don't want to compare. Yeah, yeah, or anyone. For or that anyone. For that I agree with you on that. I do You're agree with yourself. That. I was just saying, like, in terms of like uh, a high fashion model and their uh, their rankings, yeah. and then just uh just like a commercial model, like you said. That's yeah, just, she's, you know, Tyra's commercial. just a commercial. She can do print. Ain't a, not many people book Tyra for a runway. Going back to when you were younger, though, and you said you just wanted to be more of a student as opposed to like a model, like right. What made you even want to do it? In the, like, what was the, the defining moment? Was like, okay, I'll do it. Like, de- defining moment as in, okay, I'll like do you're modeling. Choosing, you're choosing to do it, yeah. Choosing to do modeling. Yeah, the modeling. Coming to New York for college mm. and being broke. Mm. Like a desperation type thing. Uh, if I'm being honest, yes, I'm very open about this with modeling. Um, when I moved to New York, uh, I got harassed by a few photographers just off of the street because when I originally came to New York I had the stereotypical model look at that time I had a middle part in my hair uh, curly hair, just natural hair, my natural hair pulled it back in a bun I wore a turtleneck that went all the way up to my like chin and I was very tall and just skinny like I was like a two then when I first came, it was very tiny. And uh, I have big brown eyes and these thick eyebrows. So they wanted me to do, like, do print, do fashion runway, like, do everything now. So I was like, I really don't want to do it. But then they started offering me checks. These photographers were like, I'll give you 500 just to do the shoot with me. And I said, I can make money off of this? Like, for real, for real? They're like, yeah. So that's when I said... You know what? 
all they want me to do is look into the camera <laughs> with like a resting bitch face. And then you got this. And I got this. So it came out of more so me coming to college as a young adult needing money. Yeah. Um, so what did you come to, like when you, college, what did you study in college? Well, I'm still in college. What, did, what are you studying? English and sociology. Um, it's so funny, my college story is hilarious almost to how I'm even in New York because I never wanted to come here. But you came two years ago, was it? Yeah, two years ago, yeah. I never wanted to come here. Why? Uh, if what's, you would, what's the, what's, yeah, what's, I'll what's get the into thing? that. That's you very... didn't want to see the, the street rats and the garbage. No, and it's not that. I and had you come didn't want to, to eat New York. our pizza. Like, come Listen, on. Listen, I no, I love Tacos? New York now. I love New York now. People ask me if I'll leave New York, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Good answer. I'm serious. Safe answer too. I'm no, I'm, but I'm really serious. Like people who don't live here ask me that, and I'm like, no, I will not leave. I don't think. Not anytime soon. Maybe when I'm like 50, I may move out to like Long Island or like Jersey. <laughs> but I don't. Oh, you think she's a real New Yorker now that you're talking like you was born and raised. So like I'm a, yeah. when I'm 50, I'm gonna go to Long Island. Girl. Word. You know? <laughs> yeah. Go to the island. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Long Island or something like that. But leaving New York, uh, I've lived all over the U.S. at this point. Because and, your dad was in the army. Yeah, because yeah. my dad's in the army. So I've seen, like I told you before earlier i've seen racism in front of my face not that racism does not exist in new york i want to make that clear but it is different here it is different it's a different type of racism um it's um more opportunities for a person in my field that i wouldn't have anywhere else in the u.s um the people there's a sense of community in new york that you don't get in other places other places are a little bit weird yeah um People, like, here in New York, you're on the subway, you don't feel like talking to somebody, and someone's going to talk to you. You never feel alone. Yeah. Sometimes you want to feel alone in New York, but you never, you don't get, like, that that aloneness. Now, if you go somewhere else in That's the U.S. True. where you're in the grocery store and you're like, these people don't talk to each other. People don't know their neighbors. You know, that's <laughs> crazy because that. Yeah, people like... don't know their neighbors in other places. They yeah. don't speak. You're living right next to this person. This was Virginia. Virginia was weird to me. I feel like because New York, like, everyone kind of has the same, like, struggles and problems at, at the end of the day. Like, the MTA, we all hit the MTA, right? Yeah, we I all hit the I just want to like... say, as a New Yorker, I kind of disagree. I feel like I'm always the voice of disagreement around here. No, speak. It's very true. As a New Yorker... Yes, I do know all my neighbors and everything, but I when I left, when, every time I leave New York, it's just a bigger sense of like community. Really? When I go to Philly, it's just like oh, so okay. Much love. So you just said Philadelphia. When I go okay. to um, North Carolina, it's just like North everybody Carolina. Speaks. I got you that. I, I'm not gonna in Virginia. Jersey, everybody speaks Virginia. Yeah, I'm gonna disagree with you there. And I think she has some I can get into my story with Virginia. I lived there for four years. I moved here from Virginia. I have family in Virginia. Like I was, I spent what a lot part? of time in Newport News, Virginia. That's different. I'm gonna agree with you. Newport News is. I'm going to agree. My family, yeah, like, we would Newport go to Newport News, News, News Virginia. Like I had people. a lot of fun in Newport News, okay. Virginia. It was just like a real big. Sense I'm, of yeah, community. I'm gonna give you that. They do I'm have a KKK channel. I will not lie about that. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. When I was in Virginia, what did I tell? KKK channel was it? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I remember going to Virginia for vacation for one whole summer, and that's the same summer the whole thing with Amadou Diallo happened in Brooklyn, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I remember spending because I used to always spend summers in Brooklyn too. 
And I remember being scared, calling my mom, like, hey, Ma, I don't want to be in Virginia no more because they got this channel, but I don't want to go to Aunt Valerie's house neither because, you know, they just did that thing in Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) Bring me back to the Bronx. Like, the Bronx is safe. (laughs) It was just like one of those things. But, yes, as much as I do love Virginia Newport News, shout out to them, they do have certain things, and it's just like, you are very mindful of your manners once you... But I thought this was anywhere. This is with anywhere. Once you leave New York... You are very mindful of your manners Manners. when you are a person of color. I leave New York and I just be like, "Yes, sir, no, ma'am, no, thank you." Like, the 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 manners is just superb. Like, no problem. You can go first. Like, hey, go right ahead. And I was just telling my mom. I was telling my friend today because this 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 white lady passed me. I'm just saying, you know, I'm so trained to let white people do certain things because my mom is from the south, so I was raised a certain way. It's just like I'm not gonna say nothing. Just okay, no problem. No, no, sir. No problem, ma'am. No, yes, sir. Right. Go along because I don't want no smoke. It's like under uh, unpredictable everywhere else. It's it's it's, it's program. Yeah. It's like it's a program. Yeah. It's a that's, conditional I'm, program. That's how I appreciate you for saying that because um, that's how I viewed black culture in Virginia. It's more of a program. We were talking about this. Yeah. It's we were talking about. It's more just kind of you. You know what to do. You know what to do. And I know what to do in these situations. Like, if you put me in a situation, I'm always going to have, like, the utmost. And I can't help myself. But I'm always going to have the utmost respect for. Are you always? Yeah. If you put me in the elevator, like, if it's, like, us in the elevator, and they, what floor do you want to go on? Like, that's just because I'm trained that way. Too much. Like my mom used to clean up. You know, <laughs> hit, your, my, hit your own butt. My mom was amazed. She used to clean their houses on the Upper West Side, but East Side. I remember going as a kid, going with her. So I'm just trained to. Yeah, I respect it. Could you speak on your experiences in Virginia? I mean, you spoke to me about it, but right. like, could you give our listeners a brief right explanation right. of your so, experiences in Virginia? Of course. So, um, like I said, I I went to high school in Virginia all four years. Um, I graduated from high school, what, two, three years ago now. So I was in Virginia the time of Charlottesville, the Charlottesville attacks. That was my senior year of high school. So the presidential run, mm-hmm. election, that was me in Virginia. And I keep saying, and I, you know, I'm not going to keep saying it. I am writing a book about this time in my life. Uh, this was the first time in my life that I was brought aware that I am black. And it was put in my face by the kids I went to school with, the teachers at the school, and all of the people living around me. Mm. Um, my was that because when you grew up, you you was it was never in your face that you was different. Like you, it wasn't because did you grow up in a predominantly black neighborhood? Like absolutely not. I grew up in a predominantly white. Uh, almost like my whole life, to be quite honest, besides when I lived in Alabama uh, and my mom was sing- a single mom with me. Uh, after we moved out of that, being a military kid, I often grew up in the suburbs. Okay. So uh, re- really wealthy areas. So where, it was different at that point. Like You always yeah. felt like equal. I always felt equal um, because, uh, you know, I didn't think me being black, you know, was anything to... What makes me any different than y'all? I'm still getting the same awards as y'all. I'm still in the same classes as y'all. I still got the same curriculum. And no one was saying it. These boys were dating me. They didn't have a problem with me. No one ever mentioned, you know, there being a problem with me being black Mm -hmm. until my senior Mm -hmm. year of high school. Um, When the presidential election runs, and I just want to make a disclaimer 
right now that I have nothing against the president of the United States. I don't hold the president of the United States. Uh, so this is for the Trump friend. presidency. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is the re- the the last presidential 2016. election. Twenty sixteen. Correct. Um, I don't think that anyone should put one hundred percent responsibility on him for the things that the actions that have happened. Mm-hmm. Does he hold some responsibility? Yes. But does he hold all? No. Because he doesn't even know that any of these people exist. If we're being completely honest, right? I can make a case. It's like ninety percent though. I can make it. Okay. I just I just I just want to say in regards to the people that I'm about to speak on, I can guarantee right now Donald Trump doesn't know these people exist. Right. And and he does. He wouldn't care to know that they exist, to be Mm -hmm. quite honest. Not even the same tax bracket. But anyway, um, my senior year of high school uh, was when Donald Trump was running and Make America Great Again was on the it was on the move. It was coming up, right? Yeah. Uh, when he would come to Virginia, you have to think at this time in history, you're looking at the campaigns on the television uh, from Hillary Clinton and him, and you're watching the debates. And when Trump would have a rally in Virginia, these are the same rallies when they would the people in the audience would raise up their hands to him like Hail Hitler. And this this was like Virginia. They, they were saying, like, make America great again. If there's a black person in the audience, they're targeting them. Trump is like, get that person out of here. And they're like beating the black man. This is that time. And this is Virginia. When I'm going to school, imagine being one out of maybe 15 black people entirety in the entire school. There was only... Eight blacks in my graduating class of 300 and something kids. Only eight of us were black. And it was sad because even though eight of us were black, none of us talked to each other. Hmm. We were all like enemies in a sense. The fuck is going on? I'm being very serious. What kind of shit is that? Um, Jim, what's that? Jim Crow? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like that. Uh, it's very, it was very much like being in Jim Crow. Seriously. That is some bullshit. Eight of y'all and none of y'all spoke. That's crazy. Yeah, we were like enemies. Like, it it wasn't a thing. Not so much for me, but, you know, that's how it was. Did you ever try to reach out to them? Yes. You can ask my so, mother. So, like, what was the I thing? Pick, it was they, just they, like, hit, they didn't like me. It was like a thing. I'm were you, you pretty and they were ugly? Like... I'm not gonna Do say that. I'm not there? gonna say that. But they called I'm, me I'm, Black I'm so Barbie confused. a lot. Like, I'm just they like, did call well, me Black Barbie. Let me put it like this. Let me put it like this. My freshman year of high school, there was a group three Black girls. Literally, that's how small it was. Mm. I wanted to be friends with them because I had moved to Virginia from Seattle, and when I was in Seattle, shockingly, my close friend Seattle, group was Washington. yes, Seattle, oh, Washington. Yeah, all that's of them, like a whole bougie group. I have family Seattle, Washington, so they yeah. like a whole different specimen. I love, but all of my friends were black there. Yeah, right. So I'm coming here, and I'm like, okay, I'm at the school where it's like literally like all white people. Let me go talk to the black girls. I had this girl. She knows who she is. It's funny because she actually just reached out to me. Um, like a month or two ago, to say how proud she was of me, and I just found it so ironic how time <laughs> how time changes people. Right. I wanted to be friends with this girl, and I sat at her lunch table, and I'm not I'm not making this up. She looked at me with the other two black girls at the table, and said to me, "You're too outgoing to sit here. You need to go sit with your other friends." And pointed to the table of all white kids, and. I, 
Is Excuse that me? that was my face? That Excuse was me? that's exactly what I said. I said I'm so sorry. I was like, do you want me to have an attitude? attitude? That's what I thought. So I was like, I'm too outgoing to sit here. Like, there's only like like one or two other people sitting with you. How how are you gonna kick someone out from a table? Right. She did. She really we are, did. We are definitely our own worst enemies. Sometimes. We are. On, yes, we really are. Um, but so imagine that dynamic. So. You're at a school where there's majority whites. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not too favorable of blacks. Uh, and then the black people, they're not supporting each other. I wonder if that was like out of fear, right? Maybe that sense of unity would cause friction and maybe cause like the white people I think what the happened there, she just like, wasn't ready for another female to come through. Like she probably was dominating that group for so yeah, long. I, don't, probably. I have no idea. So mean girl shit. Bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, right. I have no idea. But yeah. uh, fast forwarding with that, so this is the dynamic, right? This is the dynamic for me, at least. You're going to school in your senior year, and you're watching the Trump rallies. You're watching the imminent racism popping off throughout all of the United States. And when you go to school, 80% of the school population is wearing Make America Great Again hats, including the teachers. I'm usually the only black person in my classes. I took all AP classes. I was literally usually the only black person in the class. Yeah. And everybody has a Make America Great hashtag. Seriously. Seriously. It got so bad because also at this time in Virginia, I don't know if you're aware of the missing D.C. girls. Mm-hmm. So this is that same time where all these black girls in are my area missing, yeah. are They're going missing. missing. They're getting snatched right. like every day. On their way home from school, usually. When the news would report that they've been found, they've been found chopped up, usually in a white man's backyard. So my parents took away my right to drive. They did not want me driving a car because it was dangerous. My mom was like, I'll pick you up every day. This was the, this was the same situation for many of the minority kids at that school, at my school. So we would all walk from my high school to the local library, the public library, which sat like directly beside the high school. And we would wait for our parents to pick us up there. There was a pickup truck, blue and white, always, every single day, same time, 3.55 p.m. Would come into the public library parking lot. It had a Make America Great Again flag on the back of it. In the car, three white boys. I actually know who each of them were because they were in my senior graduating class would drive around in a circle through the parking lot and would yell at any black, Asian, Indian, or Hispanic kid and call them niggers. No kidding. My mom's a witness to this. She would be in her car watching it. And I would often, because I was the oldest, I would try to protect the younger students and be like, just go into the library and tell your parents to come pick you up and tell them that they need to call you when they're here. Right. Right? Because I don't want anything to pop off. It was like that. Take it like this. Not much has changed because my dad recently got stationed in New Jersey. The last time I was in Virginia was around Christmas time, which is my birthday. You've been to Virginia, so you know Wawa, the gas station. Mm -hmm. All right. So my dad, we're going out, having a good day. It's like holiday time, no drama. My dad's in the military. He don't have time to cause drama with anyone. We're at the gas station. My dad is pumping gas. Minding his own business. I'm talking to my mom. We're chilling, having a good time. 
I'm hearing my dad talking to someone, but he's really calm, so I'm not thinking anything about it, and neither is my mom. All of a sudden, the conversation, whatever's happening outside the car, goes from calm to enraged, like screaming. So I look out the car. What do I see? An old white man with a gas pump above my father's head, like cursing at my dad, like about to jump. So I had to jump out the car. And I was like, yo, like I'm like, I'm like, yo. Um, the New York guy and her guys. Yeah, that was it. That was literally it. I said I was like, that was the most New York moment of my life. I literally hopped out the car and screamed, yo. Um, my dad, I, I never in my life would I thought that I would have to protect my father. And this is my issue. Like, I just cannot fathom being in situations like that. I don't know what to do. And maybe and maybe this is why my mom embedded in me, like, you know, you have to just play the game, respect. Like, my mom, but she'd be the first person to say, like, she can't stand them. She don't want to be around them. She, But that's because different time. 1947, born in the South. And her, when she was growing up, if you didn't own your property and your property was on a white man's land, you were subject to whatever that man said. If you had kids and they needed to go to school, if it was cotton season, your kids couldn't go to school. Hmm. They had to go pick the cotton because you was on that man's land. So if he's letting you live there, you just had to, like... So it's just, a, like, I just... Right. I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, and, you know, to be quite honest with you, my dad, he's that same... He's that type of way. Like, my dad is so unproblematic, and usually, like, I've seen my dad get into, like, have a a white man, like, challenge him. Multiple times, my dad is very much like, no, sir, yes, sir, whatever, I'm going to just back off. In this one situation, how do you react when you're just pumping the gas? You're not even doing anything. Not even expecting it. Yeah, you're not even expecting anything. And that's when you do have a nigga moment, and it's just be like, And even then, I'm going to tell you, even then, my dad still didn't even retaliate. I was the one to retaliate. Jesus. That's God. My dad was just standing with his hands covering his body. My dad didn't even try to fight him. I wonder if he did that because you you and your mom were there, though, maybe. Could be. He could. It could have been. It could have been. It could have been. Maybe. I. I think yeah. so. Because I'm pretty sure if my dad were there by himself, he would have beat that man. You know. Yeah. But, but it's just also like it's one of those things too. As a black man, you can do that, but then the news would still portray you as the aggressor when you were just protecting yourself. Even right? though there's hella cameras like at the always, gas station. Yeah, it's just yeah. like you're always on one of those things where it's just like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Right. Right. I've personally never experienced anything like that in my life. Anything I've never had like anyone come up to me in a negative way and like speak racist terms to me. Yeah. But like I've seen too many examples to know it's 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 fucking real, right? Yeah. And you just never know. Like it's it's like you said, it's a losing battle every time. It is right. Um, and it just it just gets to the point where it's just like I, I I hate to be like those kumbaya people, but what would it take for everybody to get to that moment where it's just like the color of somebody's skin will never bother you, right? I think the people who are raised with that, those thoughts have to just die off, honestly. Like, cause like, I mean, if they're embedding okay, it in their kids and it's like generational. Okay, we can but say like, that, but most then of the people- we, we've seen the documentaries where they make sure they keep it going. Right, that's what right, I was going right, to say. Right, right. Like, you literally, like, like I said, say, I'm going like, to high school, and that's what's happening. And these like, 14. But yeah. then I started seeing documentaries where they they keep embedded it into the generation after that, and generation after that. So it's just like, well, what do you do? So isn't that, like, I don't know, you just, because you, you don't stop it, then it's like, 
yin and yang of life, right? That's the yang. It has to just exist. Usually I'm for all that yin and yang of life, but you know, with death hitting so close today, it's just like, nah, I just, I can't today. But like... Like at some point, it today, at some point, something has to give. When it comes to this whole black versus white, whatever the case is, when it comes to this particular topic... Something has to give. It would have to be like a very prominent, like the head of the KKK would be like, yo, this shit's crazy. Let's stop. You know what I mean? It had to be someone like that to have a change of heart and just be like that. I don't think there's anything else. Well, yeah, I feel like, you know, as black people, we're not the enemy. Like, y'all so mad at us, mad. but we don't even fucking rule the 1%. We like, yeah. how about white people? Y'all don't even fucking rule the 1%. Like, how about y'all need to have a seat too? We actually rule the culture though. Like we, we, the we, we push the needle forward. Like we the culture. Like we, 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 we everything else. But that's the most important thing though. Like, but like we, but compared to the two, none of us run the fucking world. It's, it's the Jewish people. The Jewish people. <laughs> and, you know, like on some real shit. Hitler, Lord forgive me. He saw something we didn't see, and I don't mean it that way because it just wasn't a fucking million people to die. Wait. What? Fam. I know. I'm taking been, it there. Yo, you be, stop drinking. I know, I know. Eat the banana pudding, chill out. No. But it's a that truth. Was nuts. It's something that people be thinking about, but that's like when you want to sit here and tell me a fucking million Africans came to America. A fucking million Africans didn't come to mm-hmm. fucking America. I agree. We wasn't on fucking boats. Fuck you. It just didn't <laughs> happen that way. So I'm, don't sit here and tell me we killed a million Jews because we didn't. I didn't. Hitler didn't either. But it's just like those numbers don't add up. The math not the math don't add up. It wasn't a fucking million people out here like back then. It don't add up. Shit don't I, add I up. I don't know about all that. Fair. But um It don't add up. I'm sorry. I, I like we killed I, we killed we killed three million Jews. How did that situation at the gas station um, affect you like immediately as after? A, uh, immediately yeah. after I'm gonna be really real with you, I was I was angry. I was really, really upset. Like anger, like, like I said before to you, I was I was never like a person who really saw race. Yeah, and still to this day, I don't think I I try to be very much like it doesn't matter to me. Uh, but in that moment, like you would have never heard me ever say like I want to hurt this man because he's white. Like that's not the type of person that I am. But after seeing that happen. I was just angry, and, and that's what you started to feel. Yeah, that's how that's 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 how I felt. That's how I felt. I was angry. Like I was like, how could someone do this to an innocent man? Because you know we hear stories right about black men being attacked at gas stations in their car, um, being arrested, being murdered. Right? We hear this. We see the news headlines, and when you see it, you know you're like, dang, that's messed up but you keep moving on with your life right yeah for me to sit there and see it firsthand that got really real for me like i said like you guys are like because i think because you guys live here right you're like you guys are like yeah i've never seen anything like that so i guess it's different in new york like we don't face yeah. it the way y'all face it yeah it's, it's not as it's a different, yeah, it's level. A different racism yeah. it's like a, it's not as extreme it's more of rich and poor i feel like racism I agree in new too. york is more rich and poor and not black and, and white. white i agree when i was in paris like i kind of experienced it a little bit i guess like, yeah some weird looks i'm sure and weird you did i know you did i had it in paris too but like that was the closest thing it wasn't 
but it wasn't like direct. He just yeah. was, he wouldn't stop looking at me. Yeah, no. Maybe you were something. I was an anomaly for sure. Like it yeah. was like I was like one. It was like if you go to China people. or something like that. I heard like you go to one of the Asian countries. Like, right, they look yeah. at you as if you're. You have God. to be famous in a uh, sense no. for you to. That's a fact. though. That's a fact. Yeah, <laughs> Paris is racist. I'm gonna oh, say yeah. that. And the food is trash. I and the food is trash. I agree. Like, Thank you. You guys on the backup. Like, Thank what, you. What you're talking about? Apple, Apple Tower wasn't that. It wasn't, wasn't that, that great. It wasn't all that. I was just in Paris well, and they were rioting. What do you expect them to eat? Like, is bread? Some, something ed- edible. Something edible. That's what I want. They, let me tell you, sis. When you tell them to cook steak in Paris, they believe in it's still bleeding. Like, yeah, no. you know how people that. are like yeah. medium rare and things like that? No, the blood comes out. I can like, see that. I ain't gonna lie though. I had some good ass chicken when I was there. It was like some <laughs> weird like Thai spot on some <laughs> random corner and it was fire. But other than that, I was starving the rest of the time. Yeah, no, I agree. I was just in Paris. But, like, like there are different levels of racism in the South. I'm not going to put that on the South. In Virginia, it's extreme, extreme. I believe it. Right now. Right like now. Like I said, Virginia is one of those places. I love it, but they do have. Yeah, it's more. The they are very channel, in your I face. Not in Alabama as well. Here's I feel what like I'm Alabama, say Alabama would be a little crazy. I have a little cousin who's Alabama, and I mm-hmm. feel like that would be, like, See, I thought that was on the forefront out there. See, yeah. I'm not ever gonna like this and all. I already told you, I do not. My family in my home state, I love. Right. My home state, I do not love. My home state is really messed up. The people in Alabama are great people. They are hardworking people, black or white. These are hardworking people, mm. people who are struggling very bad. Their government is where it gets racist, is their institutions. When you go to Alabama, whereas in Virginia, the KKK is just literally walking in front of you. They aren't hidden. Like I said, Charlottesville, they were out there in their their capes, right? Right? In Alabama, you you would think it. That it would be like right there in front of your face. Not that you don't get those encounters, but it's in their government institutions. Like, let's mm. take the ban on abortion that we see right now. I was just about to ask you that. How do you feel about the ban on abortion? Um, let me just say straight up um, Alabama, as we all know, is big on incest, rape. Wait, what? And molestation. Incest is legal in Alabama, it's a law. I ain't, I know that. Don't look see, at me. See, I'm I telling you. So see, this is what I'm talking about. This yeah. is what I'm talking about. That's it's nasty. their government. It's in the government that gets Sick. to the racist stuff. It's the government because you never know it. But incest is legal. You can Google it. Incest is legal in Alabama. Yeah, Coming from a person who was sexually um, assaulted when I was a kid in Alabama. My mom tried to try it. She couldn't try it in a, in a court of law down right. there because it's legal. Abortion. Okay, so when you say you was like it was, it was like a direct family member, like um, yes. So there was like no bounds to this. Hold up, do you even feel comfortable speaking about this? Yeah, yeah. it's fine. It's okay, fine. Sorry. I feel like this should be it spoken just, about. It was like no bounds to the in, in the legal way. It was like you didn't there matter no which family member it was. It, it was does, just like it, it's. It doesn't matter who it is. If it's incest, it is legal. If you if you are four years old and your mom says it's okay for you to marry your dad, you can do it in the state of Alabama without any replications. It's like abortion. If you were raped, 
you're still going to jail for having an abortion. And your max sentence is still 99 years. And the doctor can fucking get more time than the person who raped, raped you. you. Who's like, they're trying to give you like even the, if it was whatever. your, you know it, I mean? Even if it was your uncle or your granddad or whatever. Right. Right? That's how the government works. So, like, let's deal with abortion and how that gets to racism in Alabama. Yeah. When it comes to things in Alabama, situations of rape, molestation, uh, incest, and things like this, it's going to be usually within low-income areas. And in Alabama, when we talk about low-income, we're talking about the black people. Yeah. So, a lot of the, in Alabama, they have one of the highest teen pregnancy rates. A lot of these girls were, are pregnant because of rape. I looked at the stats on this. 79% of those people, of those girls, are black. If I stop you from being able to abort a child that we know you cannot financially take care of, we know that you are not old enough to even know how to take care of this child. Yeah. If I stop you from being able to kill it, then that means I have more black people in the future to put back into this cycle. So when we look at Alabama, I want you to know that Alabama has a chart I'm going into incarceration now because I have two uncles that have been affected greatly by the incarceration rates of Birmingham, Alabama. There is a chart where police officers are to arrest. There needs to be no reasoning or anything. There's a chart you have a goal where each officer needs to arrest at least 40 African-American males a month. This is Googleable information. This is Googleable information. You can look it up. Just like the incest being legal is Googleable. This chart you can look at yourself. I actually found it out through a sociology course right here in New York City. That's how I found this chart. What the fuck? So, seeing that... Over 80% of the black male population in the state of Alabama already has an incarceration record. If I stop a young girl who's maybe been raped from being able to kill her child, then that means that in the future, I may not have as many black people that I can lock up. So, of course, they're not going to do that. Listen. When it comes to that abortion law, I actually look at it as another way of implementing racism. Isn't this kind of like, isn't Alabama just like the definition of like new slavery, like new slaves? Like It, it, real, it, it really is. Like they're literally I'm gonna, taking away no, 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 women's They're taking away your rights. Choose, like, they're taking away your rights. And not just Alabama. I think now Louisiana has gone in on it. Georgia. Um, Georgia, yes. So not just Alabama. I mean, most people think of Georgia and they think Georgia is super black. It's not I mean, true. You're thinking of at- Atlanta. Yeah, you're just thinking yeah, of Atlanta. Right. Let me tell you guys this much. Two months ago in Atlanta, eight black men were lynched in broad daylight in a Walmart parking lot. This is 2019. 
in Atlanta. Just last month, a white man went into a inner city projects in Atlanta, hopped out of his Mercedes G wagon. This is in broad daylight. There are cameras to show it. Yeah. And shot up, shot his gun through every window in that apartment complex. People died. This man was caught on camera. His license plate is on the camera, is in the video. I've seen the video numerous times. For some reason, they're saying they still cannot find him. They don't want to. And why is this, like, I, I didn't even hear about that. Like, this is the second time today you've told me something that I didn't even hear about. Like, why isn't, why is all these things being, like, these things being promoted, like, locally? you have to search for it. They I don't want you to, to know. Do, they don't want you to know to. in mainstream. Media, like, this yeah. is media. Like, media, okay, so this is the thing I be trying to tell people. Because, you know, you cut me off my rant. But, you left? No, I mean, for before that, my other rant. Oh. The, 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 the sensitive rant that people hate to talk about. Whatever's put out there for you to know is because they want you to know it. If you don't get the information, it's because they don't want you to, to know it, period. But what, Everything. Do you know there's like a whole committee that was certain movies that like for when it comes to war history movies, alien movies, they have to get approved by the government. The government approves the shit, right? I did not know that. That's true. Like everything is approved. Everything that you see is and monitored is approved for you to to see it. Even through your internet. The fucking internet is not like this free space where you could just put up shit and just say, okay, I got... The... No, it's approved information for you to see. Okay, so this is crazy. It's controlled information. Like, motherfucker, we are in the... Ma- Excuse me. Oh, Jesus, I had too many today. Like, forgive me. We are in Shut the up. Matrix. The Matrix? And you have to understand that. Everything that you everything that you know is because they want you to know it. That's true. And it's... All right, let's save, this for, save my thoughts for a di- on a different episode. So... Okay, you also, you're currently like a journalist, or you settle yeah. journalism. And you get, you have you have access to all these stories more than the public person does. Like me, a regular yeah, dude. Yeah, more than the average person. The average person. So, like, when you're seeing these things and you're knowing it's not getting out to the public, like, how does that make you feel? Like, doesn't that, like, piss you off at all? Like, how can you still do what you do and still continue to have this exclusive access to this information and still sleep good at night. Um, and I'm not saying you're a bad person because no, of that, no, but no, I'm just no, curious. no, 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 it's fine. Um, when it comes to like sleeping good at night, once I see certain things uh, and I read certain things, and sometimes I write about certain things, I don't sleep well at night. Right. How can you sleep well at night when you when you're having advantage to the truth? I yeah. can't sleep at all. Shit. Yeah. Sometimes don't. I don't sleep at all. You and don't. This is why sometimes right. you just stop researching. You just live life, and then you go back into the. Um, a lot of things I, I, as a journalist, I understand can't be put out to the public. Not because journalists like myself don't want it to be, but because, like you said, government controls everything. Sources, your journalistic sources. We have a job to follow, and we can't put out certain things. Mm. However, I'm an author, so when I see certain things that I observe um, outside, exactly outside of the four walls of my office, if I observe something on the street or I observe something through my own individual research, I can get it out in another way. You understand? Right. Um, So my goal in life is to bring awareness to things 
like all these stats I just told you, I didn't get from behind the four walls of my office at my desk. This is from my individual research. This is from things that were sent to me by other journalists, but on personal platforms. Like, hey, look at this. Check this out. Check this out. Uh, I've been uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, a lot of Joe Rogan recently. He gets into, mm-hmm. into a lot of conspiracies and crazy stuff like that. And I was just um, I lost my train of thought. Fuck. So like, I, I guess like. I don't know. How, do you do you enjoy being a journalist at all? Like even knowing all the things you've known, getting exclusive access to all this information, like like do you enjoy it? Like I love my job. What do you love about it though? If you're getting, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure the ratio between mm-hmm. crazy information and like positive information to put out mm-hmm. there. But like, how do you even find joy in it at all? How do I find joy in it? I find joy in it because, like I said before, uh, as a journalist. My job is to captivate and capture stories. Any story I find, I love because I'm getting to go into deeper about someone or something or some event. Right. To me, that sparks interest. When I find things that I'm not necessarily allowed to speak on as a journalist for a platform I work for, that doesn't mean that I stop. I take that... I leave my job. Yeah. And like I said, I do my own research, my own interviewing, and then I make a book out of it. Gotcha. I just got got my point back. Joe Rogan, listen to so much Joe Rogan recently, and this is a question directly stolen from him. Um, the government, right? You guys mm-hmm. mentioned the government. Do you guys believe the ones who hide these, this information from the public? Is it just a round table just like this full of people who decide the, the action, the what goes out into the public? Or do you think it's maybe one person? Like, when we say the government, we can't just say that, right? Because it's such a broad statement. Like, what is the government ever? Like, what? where is the government located, right? Where are these discussions being had? So who do you think, who do you guys think are the ones who control what goes out into the public? In my high thoughts, I like to say it's the same people who control the Holy Bible verses and what was put out. But who are they? Like, where are they? We don't know. Yeah, it's like and one of those things. to be quite honest, it's, I it's don't just know like, do I think business. it's a round table? Yeah, it's just like, do I think it's a round table? Yeah, I think it's a round table of people having this conversation. But it's just also, I, I think, I mean, you have to come before, at some point, you have to stop yourself from going all the way down the rabbit hole. I mean, conversations because like this make me want to go deeper because, like, it's you like want to go much deeper down into rabbit hole, right? Not but then us. it's just like once you get down there, you, you're going to be stuck with the question of what do I really know, what's true, and what's false, right? Because then you start yeah. to realize everything you know is just everything yeah. that you was taught was probably a lie. That's a, that's also a struggle as being a journalist. Uh, so you were like, how do you know when to cut it off? Like, how can you sleep at night? I think American Gods just said it, just, just said it recently, perfectly on their on their last season. The truth is the truth, but storytelling is so much better. Mm. Exactly. I agree. That's what I was saying. So it's like, the I truth just is the truth, the story. but storytelling is so much better. So it's just like, who wants to believe in the truth when you can write a whole story of, like, great possibilities? Man. I, I don't know. like this country. Honestly, like, yeah. 
Is it Go the ahead. country or the world? The world? I don't know. I don't know if the rest of the world is like this. I don't know if the rest of the world's government is like this. I don't know. There may be some people in whatever office may move with integrity and let everybody know what's going on. I don't know. But can you but, really be in the government and and move with integrity? I feel like at some no. point you're going to have... It, it all gets questioned. It all, it all gets thrown up in the air. That's like that movie. Um, What's that movie? Crash. When you had the police officers and everything. Yeah. And it was that one point. Was, was it Ryan Felipe or the other guy who was the, the newbie cop, and it was just like, either you're going to be tainted by being a cop or you're going to believe every, every, you're gonna believe every stereotype, stereotype you was ever told growing up or you're going to give everybody a fair chance. Right. Remember, he shot the guy because he thought he was about to pull out a gun and he was just about to pull out a freaking little deity, deity in his pocket that he carries around. Yeah. Little St. Joseph. But in his eyes, because he was black and he looked like a thug, when he reached in his pocket, no, he's going to pull out a gun. Not the same St. Barnabas he had on his, his steering wheel. Yeah. So it's just like, are you going to be, is nature versus nurture, which is going to take over? I don't know. It's a tough topic. It's yeah. super tough and it's super stressful. It is. Uh, I, I mean, I respect the fact that you can in, and take all the information in. Especially study. as a journalist. Like, I feel like you're, you're always in the moral line yeah. of everything that you write and you put out. It's just like, does this morally... Yeah, it's just always a, a moral thin line between journalists. Right, I agree. To get out the truth or to just to make people feel better. For for journalists, we're... Our our story... Our, I mean, our, our job is to get the story out to you. Yeah. Regardless no, of the truth. truth. Right. There can't be bias. When I'm being a journalist, like I may feel some way, but I can't let that show in my work. So let me ask you a question: When you have these, um, like if you ever have these certain cases come across that you have to write about, like Eric Garner and mm-hmm. those, and um, what's the um Mike Brown? Mm-hmm. Mike Brown, like his case was also it was always one of those things to me where you can debate it all day and all night because of the. Where he stood, the interaction, the video, what was said, was he in the wrong? Should he have just respected the law as a journalist? Like, what do y'all have to say about that? Like, was it something where y'all just said, as a citizen and as a police officer, as a citizen, we should just always respect our law enforcement? Or was it something, did did y'all take it as a black and white issue, like this is racism? Um, well, or was this an issue of right and wrong? As, as a journalist. As a journalist, um, this is going to differ depending on what type of journalist you have mm. um, and what they're writing for, like what yeah. platform. I'm a political journalist. So when I approach things like Tamir Rice, Eric Garner, um, Trayvon Martin... Yeah, Sandra Bland. Sandra, Sandra Bland, Bland yeah. of course. When I am reporting on something like this, personally, of course, it's a tough one. But when I'm writing, like I said, I can't show bias. Yes. So there is no right or wrong. It's strictly, this is facts. This is what happened. And I'm going to have to leave it to the readers to form their own opinions. I can't show what my opinion on the matter is. There is, you can never, as a journal depending on the journalist that you have. But I feel like in making a good journalist in general, bias should not be shown because people are reading your work. You have to allow them to form their own opinion. Yeah. So mm, you, 
you shouldn't let your bias get in the way of your work when it comes to journalism because your purpose as a journalist is to report and it's to state and to facts. Make the person think. Yeah, it's, it, I can just I have to give you your facts and whatever the facts are, you're going to take from that and you're going to make your own individual opinion, opinion. just like I'm going to make my own individual opinion, but to save myself from danger sometimes because as a journalist I'm telling you I get DMs right now. <laughs> just and like I said, I am not a biased journalist. You I just stick to the facts. I stick to the facts. Even when I stick to the facts, I have people coming at me with opinions like you did this, blah blah blah. You because this. you're not putting your opinions into your articles. You're just simply sticking to the facts. Yeah, I'm just telling y'all what happened. Y'all can think about. Y'all can take it however you want, right? Because my my writing reaches people seriously from every continent, hmm. millions That's of people. Interesting. Humble stunt. That was a humble stunt I, right there. Sorry, Ew. but it's just the fact. <laughs> so when I'm writing politically on topics like this, politically, yeah. Yeah. for my job, yeah. right, I cannot be biased. If you go by my book, you may hear my opinion. Have you ever, like, because obviously your work has to get submitted and has to go through someone like your boss, right? Right. Before it gets published. An editor, like, yeah. Have you ever, like, put something out and then part of what maybe you something you've written has been edited? And... Of course. Okay, so, okay. That's stupid, and that's fucked up. Like, how does that make you feel? Like, some of your work has literally been taken out. Maybe part of the truth has been taken out. Like, have mm-hmm. you seen something that's been publicized that you've written, take, and something's been edited, and something's been taken out? And every, how does that make you feel? Every, every writer has. Any writer that has an editor, someone mm-hmm. above them, this is a part. It's kind of like modeling. This is a part of the job, right? I don't like your jobs. Yeah, like your jobs is what pisses me off. I don't know. I don't like your boss. I don't <laughs> I like your bosses. That is how somebody takes something I read. I don't like and your bosses. Take it a different y'all. way. Um, when it comes to that, like I said, you have to take it as they're doing what's best for the company. Um, you should never take it personal. Hmm. I've learned because I used to have a, a like a biting mouth. Like I, like if you take out my work, I'm gonna come at you for it. Yeah. Over time, I've learned don't take it personal. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Let it go. Find another way to get that out. Yeah. I that's what I do. That's why I wrote that's why I started writing books. Is like find another way to get it out. There's one part of you that's a journalist, you have your journalist, yeah. and then you have your author. A journalist, like I said, in my eyes, what I've been told, how I've been trained, a journalist, you get the story out, you state the facts. Whatever the editor does, that's their job. You go with it, and you just let it fly. Would you like to do, like, TV newscasting? Like, would you like to see yourself as the, um... Like a reporter? Yeah, Like an on-air? Of course. That's a goal of mine. I can definitely see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. She seems like a young little, um... What's the little girl? No, I want to say little girl. Jesus. (laughs) The pretty girl, the one dating. The, the pretty girl, I don't know. There's plenty of pretty girls out there. I know there's so many, right? She says. <laughs> Angela, are you talking about Thank Angela? You. Rye? Angela Rye. Angela yeah. Rye. Yes. She's a reporter. Yep. Yeah. Believe it or not, for CNN, she's only, really cool. I've only seen her on podcasts and shit. For real, no. Yeah, she's a real. That's how I heard. She's a journalist. I, I first thought Angela was on CNN. Oh. I don't know if nothing else but CNN. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I know it from. I think I reached out to her too when she curved the email. Why are people curving the, my pitch email? It's so good. Wasn't well, it good? Angela Rye, yeah, she's up. She's so, so like right here. I can Whatever. see her curving <laughs> us. Like, um, so 
Dialing back to your situation at the gas station with your family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, my family, they weren't, I wouldn't say they're racist or anything like that, but like whenever I, at first, I remember the, vividly, I remember the first time I mentioned I was interested in a white girl. Mm-hmm. My mom was just like, why? <laughs> Not like of why, course. but like, just like, I don't know, like, okay, cool, but it wasn't cool. Uh, and you mentioned you you have interracial dating and all that stuff right. like that. So My like, was life. that post uh, uh, the gas station situation or anything like that? Of course. Um, and I was just curious, like, how your parents felt about that. Like, did were they comfortable with that? With her interracial dating. With interracial yeah, dating. Because you've had. This is what I'm saying. So see how I said before, I was like, I never thought about race. Yeah. My parents didn't even teach me to think about it. Okay. Mm. Is your parents interracial or? No, both of my parents are black. Um, my mom, now my dad, my dad is more like, mm-hmm. I've said some things about black men because I do date black men. I've had some experiences and I've, I'm very open about the experiences that I've had. Yeah. And my dad is very quick to tell me my dad is not as accepting when I date uh, Caucasian men. Yeah, because he's just like, you know, they can't use your comb, don't bring them home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom, my entire life, she's, my mom always taught me to find beauty. Find love and beauty, yeah. Moms are like that. They're funny. I just she like never you- taught me to be that. And my dad is also like, even though he's vocal sometimes, he's not like, you better not, you know, yeah. date this. He's, he's not going like, to say his, no, but it's just like, he's I'm just kinda, for yeah, you. He's just kind of like in the background at this point. He's like, oh. Even outside of their opinion on like who you date, like I, I, I thought maybe a situation like that maybe deter you from. I thought so too. Um, Like I said, after that incident happened, I was filled with anger. Anger that I never thought that I could ever feel based off of a person's race, right? But it became so real in that moment, I was, like, mad. But I also feel like, I feel like in your generation, it's different. How old are you? I'm 20. Yeah, so you're 20. It's a little different with them. They don't sit here and and hold malice. You don't think? No, I don't think so. I think they. I don't know. Though. I don't know. I too feel many like as it, as I feel like as generations keep going lower and lower, the malice gets lower and lower too. They don't hold malice. They're not going to hold one particular person to the yeah whole for the whole race. race. Right. That's Whereas my compared thing, yeah. to us, we'll be like, nah. Don't say us like we old out here. Like I'm older. <laughs> I'm, I'm twenty seven. Relax. You're t- now nah, he wants to differentiate, but you know what? Whatever. Of course, I always like, say he's trying to make it seem he, like my younger brother. But we like we like in the same almost generation, like just about generations borderline. apart, borderline. Yeah, facts. Compared to she's twenty, right? That's a whole different. Like my guy, stop acting like you're like a what's that? A spring chicken? You're not a spring chicken no more, neither, here. okay? Mm-hmm. But you out here, little salmon. But you're not a spring chicken. <laughs> As, again, I didn't ask for you to be my older sister. Again, I didn't ask for that. Um, so between the many hats... I need Coco and CR to come back because he's acting like totally brand new with this whole I didn't ask for him. What? I, I would have said this if they were here. Okay. I'll say it again I when when you. they Uh-oh. leave. I'll say, I'm over you anyway, next. <laughs> I don't know what's happening Thank with her right now. Thank you. Next, next. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, so between the many hats that you have, modeling, writing, music, mm-hmm. is there one that you enjoy like the most? And so the other side, of course, so the, um, definitely writing. Okay. Uh, in all aspects. It doesn't just have to be journalism. Like I said, I'm an author, and it doesn't have to always be when I'm writing books. Like I said, I write my songs. What would you say you're the best at? Ooh. Like as a writer or as like writing, modeling, as singing, all that? What am I the yeah, best at? Yeah, like what would you say? Like you're, you say, Yo, I'm the best at this. Like I can I'm, do this. I'm not the best at anything because you can always improve. Ooh, Ooh. good answer. That's that's really a great answer. Like I, I would just sense, I would just say if it was me, if I was being asked that question, I would say I'm good at all that. Like I'm the best at all of it. But I got really, no, really not humble people. answer. I'm not humble. There's yeah, always there's a difference. <laughs> there's always no seriously. There's always room to improve in every field. Like in yeah, every facts. field, I don't think you can ever perfect something. Yeah. The reason why is because, like I said before, things are always changing. Mm. So. If times are always changing, expectations are always changing. True. So like I said, uh, this is something that I struggle with, is that I'm very goal-oriented. And I set goals for myself in each of those individual fields, whether it's writing, whether it's music, whether it's modeling, whether it's whatever. Yeah. I have a goal, something big. I have a bigger picture in mind that I want to achieve. And I usually say I want to achieve it by this specific time. For me, it breaks down by ages. I want to do this by this age. When times are always changing, let's say I'm a writer. One day, the trending topic is racism. Mm. That's the big issue in America. Yeah. Today. The next day, every day, the big issue in America is going to be what? Immigration. The next day, climate change. Climate change. The next day, finances, economy. Yeah. The next day, what else is going to change? War. So there's no more America. Okay. I think war is actually coming sooner than we think. I ain't gonna lie. We're already in war. I'm about to say, like, where Who, you been at? Fighting? We're in war now. We're in war. We're in a war against ourselves. Didn't we just say racism? Mm. Well, yeah, America's in its own little... Well, we've been in this war forever. We've been in this war forever. We're our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we like to mind everybody else's business. Yeah. <laughs> so when things are always changing just like that, I'm always having to play catch-up. So I can never have perfected a single thing because something is always going to change. There's always a moving piece. When it comes to music, when is your birthday? December 23rd, 1998. Oh, here come the sign talk. Here we go. No, no, no. no I'm a Capricorn. No, you can Capricorn. go ahead. No. Go ahead. I love I Zodiac signs. I thought she's going to She seems like she, you have this Aquarius thing to me, but you're a Capricorn, which is weird. But I never met a female Capricorn, so I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know nothing about Capricorns yeah. at all. I only know a male, Capric- male Capricorn. <laughs> very it's- money-oriented, very goal-oriented, very... Yeah. Um, yeah. This is me. Yeah, and just like I have, me, like you me. have this certain type of outlook, and that's just that. Yeah, it is what it is. It's yeah. weird. Like all your interests seem like they would take up a lot of your time, like more, like it's more time than the other. Like I feel like 
Maybe you Gia, have to- do you separate your personal life and your career life? Because you seem very career-driven. Do you make time for personal life, or you just like um, focus everything on your career, and you feel like, I sleep when I die? That wasn't where I was going, but that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get to your question after this. Yes. Um, if I'm being completely honest with you, I don't have a personal life. I can tell. Like You seem very career-like. It's just like... This is the goal. This is that. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Is that because, life. like, you haven't met anyone worth giving your personal time to? Or is it just because you're so busy? I'm going to go with I haven't met anyone worth it. Right. Um, you're still 20, though. Like, Yeah. I, see, that's what the thing is. People forget that I'm really young, but it's because I'm already like this. Yeah, you, so have, you don't yeah, even you have, think. You're 20 years old, but you have this older woman... Type of I gotta go get it. I gotta go get it. Yeah, I, gotta I gotta go, go get, get it. it. I still don't believe you're twenty. Instead like, of just, way, just like, relaxing, the we had, like, yeah. Instead of just I, relaxing in the moment, like you need. To, when I was twenty, like, I wasn't relaxed. I couldn't even moment. talk. Like I was like, yeah. When I was twenty, it was a total. That's what I'm trying to say. Like the generations ago? are different. Oh. <laughs> 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 it's like, but like, yeah, like it's like he know I had a bad day. But he's like from <laughs> I'm trying to bring you out of it. Okay. But like yeah, like so do you you haven't met anyone worth giving your personal time to? No, like you said, I'm I'm older. I my age, I literally say and my I say this all the time, I am like a thirty year old woman. Bitch, trapped. I, I, I'm thirty two, don't play with me, okay? I'm trapped in this age. Thirty two. Right. I'm trapped in it. So for me, um, I be feeling like I'm fifty sometimes. Right. Sometimes so you feel like, like that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you feel like that. So for don't me, don't say like you're thirty. Like thirty is still thriving. Thriving, yes, but most twenty year olds, I don't have friends that are my age. Mm. Is it because you're a model? No. Damn, I'm trying to find ways to like. Most move. models are my age. <laughs> But, like, your mentality is different. Like, yeah, my I, mentality yeah. is different. You can different. hold a conversation. Like, when I was 20, like, you couldn't get to me. You couldn't talk to me about anything but, like, weed and, like, anything else. Yeah, like. That's that Jersey shit. Nah, I wasn't <laughs> shit. Like, you couldn't talk to me about nothing. Like, dates around that time? What was we talking about? Nothing. When I was 20, I remember just always being, like, maybe because I, I grew up in the hood. So, it was just, like, it was a certain different level of, um. You had to be aware. Like I've always said, I've always respected the other cultures outside of me because my mother has taught me to be that way. Yeah. But it was I was always very aware of like, this isn't it. And this is like, I grew up in the projects and the project is just that, a project. Yeah. It's just like a Chinese store in every corner, looking for every corner, a laundry mat in every corner. By the way, I never want to say when I was this age again because it made me feel so weird. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels so weird. But, but um, with you, it's just like you have such just you know what you want to do at such a very young age. You seem like you know your purpose, and that's like intimidating to that for some guys as well. Like you it know, is. you're and you're doing what you want to do. Right? Yeah, I think that's the issue. It's not that I don't date. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like I said, I don't even have friends that are my... I mean, I have them, but, like, not for real, for real. Like, people that I really kick it with are, like, 30 to 40, straight up. So even the guys that I date, mostly 26 to 32. Do you um, have an idea in your head of, like, the type of person you're looking for to possibly date? Like, what they... Yeah. What is that? Um, For me, if... Seriously... I just want someone that's just as passionate as I am about 
achieving and becoming better. Mm. I don't know why that's so hard to find. It's really difficult for me. I feel like there's more people trying to figure it out than anything. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Everyone's trying to figure out like what they want to do. What do I what do I want to do? But if as long as they're trying to figure it out, does that give them a shot with you? I yeah, if like you're trying to figure it out. Yeah, no. Like if you're knowing. trying to figure it out and you're actually putting in the work, yes. Yes. I can appreciate that. The issue is I've had a lot of people who are trying to figure it out and they're not actually getting to yeah. do anything. Um, and sometimes I'm giving people the sources. Like I I, I was telling someone, uh, they were I, – I really get upset because I have dated a younger guy um, that's not 26, 27, like 21, 22. And, and I feel like, okay, so that was my next question. Because, you, because you're 20 years old but you have led a life where – you was in situations where you always had to be more mature than your age. Mm-hmm. That's is, why I'm like this. Yeah, like, if I like, say, is that why you like this? Like, do you feel the need to settle down now, in a sense, or do you want to date and have fun? Because no, I feel I like that's something that the people don't talk about when you are a, a woman of color, and you have been doing things from such a young age, and you're very, like, far ahead compared to other people. Does the Does the level different for you, like, you're 20 years old, but yet you have this mentality of a 30-year-old. So do you want to do 30-year-old things, or do you want to do 20-year-old things? Mm. Oh, wow. Um, I, this kind of goes back to my childhood. <laughs> my, my mom and my dad would always bark at me to stay in a child's place. You know that statement, stay yeah, in a child's stay, place? Yeah, stay in a child's place, yes. But the thing was, I always had to act older. I was the oldest child. My mom, uh, my dad got deployed when I was eight. My mom had just had my little sister. And my mom was a full-time college student. Mm. So at the age of eight, I was already taking care of a baby on my own. Even before that, as I said, my mom struggled as a single mom with me. I'm like four years old, staying at home by myself, cooking for myself having to protect myself. My mom's already telling me this is what to do. If someone's at the door, this is what you do. You don't say this. You don't do this. You don't do that. Blah, 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 blah. By the time I turn 10, 12, my mom's already telling me, I'm looking at, this is the college that I better get into. I'm look, opening SAT books. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, I grew up in Virginia for high school. Where was your mom like, a young mom? My mom was very young. My mom uh, got pregnant with me at 19. She had me at 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Even I think a part of that is a reason why right, I had to yeah. mature. Like, you have to. Because um, so, as she's maturing, she wants you to mature too. It's just like she can't help but. Yeah, put my it mom. On you, yeah, yeah, she put it on me, and I'm appreciative of it. Because yeah. look at me now, I'm already like hitting stuff like this because I'm so used to. But going you don't like feel that. like it's like a gift and a curse in a sense. It like is a gift and a curse. I always feel like, like that. very thankful. I feel like I was raised the same way. Like, you're very thankful for the, some things, but it's also like. You do look back on a on a wanting kind of feel. Yeah, you, you never want, had the I chance. Didn't, yeah, I never had the kid. chance to do a lot of those things. Yeah. Um, like I always tell people, a part of the a part of my life that I regret now. You were asking, do I want to settle down now or do I want to date? I want to settle down right now. I, I can tell that from you. You seem like you're just like you're ready to settle down and just like I'm ready to be married. To and I'm I'm ready to stop. Like I I want it over. Mm. Like now. Because I'm starting to feel like there's nothing else left for me now, 
besides like, okay, I can be a wife now. I can be a mom. Well, not a mom anytime soon, but you know, like I'm ready for that level because I've hit the, the career thing. Yeah. So what else is there left now for me? Because I hit it all so early. And that is where the divide comes between black women and black men right now. Our black women are hitting the the threshold early now. They're going after their dreams of the well, career. Well, men have always been. We've always been slower to the party, like late to the party. Late to the party, but I feel like, but they're getting too fast to the party now. That's the thing. Like you have girls like uh, Milan Rouge, who she, you know she has this this great clothing. Like you have all these people making waves from themselves, whether it be fashion, makeup, or whatever the case is. But women are getting to the bag a lot quicker. I mean, for just for and me, a part- lot faster from like like I know like you know watching like social, you see girls nineteen, twenty, twenty, like they're getting to it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they are the new millionaires, and it's just mm-hmm. like if they're making a million by nineteen twenty. Of course they want to be married by 21, 22. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess for me personally, like, I just figured out my passion, like, maybe a year ago. Like, I'm just catching my stride and just, like, I got a lot more work to do. So I don't know if I'm ready for marriage or anything like that, but. But it's always different with men. You know, y'all, y'all slower to the punchline. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. But that just yeah. must be a difficult thing for you to be so young, and you want it like you want so much, but you you just don't feel like these men are. They're not matching. matching. Up. Yeah. It's really it really sucks. Yeah. It really sucks because I'm. Um, how do I say this without sounding bad about it? I date a lot. <laughs> You're not a player. You just crush a lot. Like you know, <laughs> big crush. Like, like I'm not like. Um, like I said, I the reason I go for older guys is not that I go for them; is I attract older guys. I think. Um, I think you don't give me twenty right now. Yeah, so I get it's, it. it's I literally like older men. Like that's all that comes after me, and I enjoy that because I've dated someone in my age, twenty one, mm-hmm. um, and this person said to me, and it was what pissed me off. And it kind of made me fed up, and I was like, this is why I'm going to be alone forever. Because this person, it came to a simple task of something so small, something so small. I asked him, and this is a black guy, and it really upset me, like really, really bad, because I don't like to hear, especially not a black man, say this. I told him to do a cartwheel, (laughs) something that simple. I think I can guess what he's going to say, but go ahead. Yeah, said I can't do it. I can't do a car. He well. said I can't. No, people, we scared. Do it. It. We scared of small spaces. You don't get it. Like we we, we wait, we, we wait, 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 wait. There's more, wait. right? Like because I I can't do okay. a cartwheel. I try. Stop right there. Don't ever tell me that you can't do something before you try. Oh, he I told can't me do a cartwheel. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I thought he was one of those dudes to be like, oh, it's like. That's, that's, like, that's gay or something like that. That, too. No, never, that I've was never a response even tried to, to yeah, do a cartwheel. Cool. Like, just do it. <laughs> do the cartwheel. Yeah, that like, was me. Just do it. Yeah. No, I'm so not it turned, my neck. But listen, it turned from something that small, and I gave him a big picture. Hmm. Don't tell me that you can't do something that you never even tried. How did I achieve the things that I have now? I'm straight out of high school. I'm coming to New York City, a place that I didn't want to be in, that I had never stepped foot in. I have no family here. 
I've never rode a subway. I just gotta disagree. Listen, Cartwheel's a different man. But it's look at the big picture. <laughs> I'm gonna picture. do a cartwheel after this podcast. Listen, I'm not doing. I could do I've a, never do, tried to do, do a cartwheel. But that's gonna set you back. That's gonna set you back. I had to break it down to a child for him. Not doing a cartwheel. Do you when you ha- with your child standing in a line, right? Whoever, I, if okay, if I have a child, whoever my person, whoever my baby daddy is, baby mama is, please come soon. They gonna teach me how to do the cartwheel. <laughs> yeah, I am but not... you don't want your kid to say I can't do it without trying. I'm sure they gonna try, but I'm not trying to do. No yeah, cartwheel. that's fine. That's you, but you don't want your child to ever look at something and say I can't do it without trying. Right. It like, depends on what it is. Even is if it... you like, like if you out on a date, you trying to like. You know, you trying to get with somebody, no right? Just like, even if it's funny, if you fail, just do it. Like, if you it. fail, just thank you. That's what I'm saying. Like, just that's do it. That's how like. I view things, and that's how I got like, my cartwheels are different. It's my neck. All right, it's, not, all it's right. beyond the cartwheel. Yeah, let's get beyond the cartwheel. Like, let's anything. get beyond. The I'll cartwheel. try a lot of stuff. I'm just not trying the cartwheel. We're like, gonna try a cartwheel. Okay, let's, uh, okay. Moving on from the cartwheel, the big picture is. Trying. Trying. Yes, trying. Yeah. So you never know what you're going to succeed at. I'm going to break my ankle and my wrist while trying to do a cartwheel to to further spend my time with a shorty I'm interested in. Like, I'm going to do whatever, like, and that's just me personally. Like, I would do, I don't know, like, I I like doing stuff I've never done before. And I wish more younger men had that, 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 like, that mentality. If more guys had that type of mindset that you just stated. I'll go to hell and back for a bitch. I'm not doing a cartwheel. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like experience, right? Because, like, anything, like, <laughs> I came into podcasting, like, with the, the notion of thinking you could just, all you got to do is talk, right? But it's more than that. It's a science. It yeah. It's so a science like, to it, right? Like, you got to just, just do it and see what comes out of it. Exactly. You know I mean? so. I've tried cartwheel. Like, I'm not, I would never say <laughs> I never tried a cartwheel, but it's just like, when I was a young, young kid, like, no, I'm I'm 32. I'm okay, wait a minute. But there we Man, go. You even said, even as a kid, you gave it a try, right? Like one time for the one this time. This person had never given a try, given it a try. I can understand why. Bruh. It's a fear. Like you want to break your neck. Okay, but we don't need I don't think he was even thinking succeed. that. I think he was thinking in fear of like embarrassing himself. Self, and like, exactly. That's you what not I was thinking. Like call him back. Like, I think that was, that's what it was. Yeah, it was. More, I think it was more of a fear. And I just wanted him to say, because to me, it's beyond the cartwheel. Let's get beyond the cartwheel. Seriously. In that moment, I did not care about the cartwheel. The effort you cared about. That was what I cared about. Yeah. And because he was, he's also a person that has been expressive of dreams and goals. Remember when we were like a stagnant person versus someone that's trying. Yes. This is a person that's been vocal to me about their dreams and their goals. Yeah. I said to him, because he had a dream of acting. So I've tried to help him. Shh, don't go there. But... I no, so I'm gonna help you if you say that's what you're going to go after in yeah. life. Let me help you. Came to a point where I gave him a monologue to read. Stop writing your tracks. In this monologue, he looked it over, didn't even open his mouth. Mm. Literally told me, "I can't do this." Maybe you made but him nervous. No, 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 no. You can't do nothing, fam. Fam, if, yo. Homeboy, if you listen to this, if you were the dude that was David Victoria, <laughs> you couldn't do the cartwheel, you couldn't read the monologue, then you're just not worth their time, and you're not going to make it, bro. Do, just do. That's it. Like Just do. You know what I mean? How like, do people get successful? You do. Try And I agree with that. You do. You do. Cartwheels. Okay. Fam, Over the cartwheel. You're canceled. <laughs> you're canceled. 
I cut it out. Canceled all day. Cartwheels. No more cartwheels. Like, bruh. Cancels. Cartwheels is one of those things for me. Like, I'm never doing a cartwheel in my life. But after this podcast is over, I'm gonna attempt a cartwheel and I'm gonna do and it. Guys, and I'm gonna, gonna record impressed. it. I'm gonna record it on my phone because he's talking the ultimate shit. I'm gonna record it on my phone because you know, again, cartwheels is like I'm just doing though. Okay. Anyways, just doing. We all came to the same consensus that cartwheel or no cartwheel, just do. And you haven't spoken to that guy since that date. I have spoken to that guy. He still follows you on Instagram? Yes. Okay, so I when mean, he like, posts his interview, he, he, he might tune in. Because he might be trying to look for more game and be like, oh, I heard your podcast. Yeah, but I don't think so I do the cartwheel. Do the cartwheel, guy. That's what turned me off from younger guys, from people in my he age He might do bracket. mad cartwheels. Or, do mad I don't think yeah. he will because he's, he's his own setback. Now. That's the thing. Some Sometimes with guys, which is why I feel like I'll be alone for a long time, is because don't be your own setback. Yeah. In any field. Don't hold yourself back. And this is coming from an overthinker. I overthink every decision I make. But if a chick wants me to attempt a cartwheel, like, <laughs> let's go. Like, let's, I'll do it. Like, fuck it. <laughs> that's, that's why you single, yo. Like, yo, do the cartwheels, yo. Do cartwheels for your shorties. Thing. He just said that's why I'm single. Do your cartwheels. Oh, yeah. My bad. I'm a no, bad. Okay. I'm sorry. I know, I know why I'm single. It's okay though. I'm, I, I know. I appreciate being single. Though. I'm just telling you to do more cartwheels. That's, that's, that's the point. No, of I, I'm, I'm not. I can't do cartwheels. I'm got not it. a fan of cartwheels. Any, got it. Don't worry about the cartwheels. So, <laughs> you. Ex- oh, we got it. Like now or five minutes. Three minutes. Three minutes. Oh, I have so many more questions. No, because she's like, I swear, she was just so dope, and we we got we hit this whole point of um, black and white. It was just really. But crazy yo, I have her. a whole list of questions I didn't even get to. I know because oh, you, I've snap. never seen you look down. Bro. That's how I know. Mad questions. I That's how. Let's get to your top two. Let's go. It's Come over, on, man. No, it's not. Two it's, top two it's questions. Over. I have no questions. I threw my phone on the floor. It's over. Oh Jesus, uh, Victoria. I thank think you so I have much. some questions. Um, no, we're done. We got three minutes left. Okay, Victoria. We have a segment on this podcast that we're going to end with. It's called Don't Sleep. We're basically, we recommend to the viewers and listeners something they shouldn't sleep on, whether it be a song you listened to recently or food you have or just some advice. Um, and for me personally, the, uh, my don't sleep of this week is don't sleep on the possibilities. Uh, I started this podcast two years ago um, off my shitty laptop with <laughs> someone I'm not associated with. And two years later, we got listeners in India, New Zealand. All over the fucking globe, we're fucking setting up live events for June, June 21st, and it's just crazy. I never expected myself to get here, and um, yeah, just don't sleep on the possibilities, because every, everything is possible, and uh, yeah. Lane, do you have something people shouldn't sleep on? Do not sleep on creative expression. Always express yourself, no matter how you feel, what you're going through. Just express yourself, period, because there's always somebody out there you can help do your words. Don't sleep on cartwheels. <laughs> Fuck them cartwheels, okay? <laughs> like, if you're not a fan of busting your head open, don't do a cartwheel, and that's just that. Victoria, do you have anything people shouldn't sleep on? Yeah, of course. Don't sleep on your own potential because um, you never know what you can achieve. Don't ever say that you can't do something until you try. Unless it's a cartwheel. Wise words from <laughs> Even a wise if it's woman. a cartwheel. Yes, even if it's a cartwheel. <laughs> Homeboy, I know you're listening because you're trying to... Going on another I date. just want to say there's people out there who just like definitely afraid of cartwheels. I don't care. Face we go, Next episode, we're going to get into your fear of cartwheels because I think it's a real deeper fear that you have going on. <laughs> Honestly. Stop hating on people who do cartwheels. There's mad like, gymnasts out here. All my siblings can do cartwheels. Simone I'm the Biles, only sibling Black that cannot do a cartwheel. You know what I mean? It's all good. I, I get it. 
It's okay. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for having me. Thank it was you, so much fun. You. I actually want you to come back because yes, I have so have many more back. questions. Schedule, yes. of course. Like, schedule. Come back. Ask those Jesus. questions next time. I don't think we like scratched the surface of the interview. Interview. Honestly, we just was really flowing. We was. And you. That's dope. I like that. Right. I what? I had a rant. <laughs> You listen, had a rant. About my rant Nazis. is true, though. Like, listen, you. do your research. Please uh, shout out where people can find you and follow you um, and DM you and all of that. Of course, follow me on Instagram at it's just Vic on Twitter at it's just Vic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just Vic. It's just it's Vic. Just Vic. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, wherever you're listening at, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube, uh, whatever a rating system they oh, use. Oh, YouTube too. We're on- it's just Vic. Oh, you're on YouTube? Yeah. Dope, okay. <laughs> uh, please utilize whatever rating system they have because uh, we definitely like seeing those reviews, those likes, those comments. And if you're interested in possibly coming on as a guest, um, please email us at introvertedpod at yahoo.com. Don't send us your music. I'm not listening. I can't help you. <laughs> I don't work for Atlantic. I don't work for Dep Jam. I can't help you. So don't email your music, please. That's Unless you got a nice beat. <laughs> <laughs> don't email the music because I'm not, I'm not clicking that shit. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We out. Thank you. Bye.